We are bringing together imperfect people in pursuit of a whole life. Welcome to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. This week, Pastor Dion shares his message from Inspired. My name's Dion, and I'm a pastor here. Uh, And every time I come to this service, this part of the year, I I love this service, in part because I I know the burden every week that I feel, and I know Doug feels also, to bring something true and life-giving to you. And I love this weekend because I walk away from it genuinely inspired by you, by how you're living out your faith, by the stories that we celebrate here formally, but just by seeing how God is at work in this community, it, it truly does fill me up. Um, and so today, I'm, I, I'm not gonna talk very long, not as long as usual. Um, I, I just wanna talk about something that inspires me lately. You know what inspires me lately? Uh, the first thing that inspires me lately are two words, Ted Lasso. Can I get an amen from anybody? <laughs> you've missed Ted Lasso, it's a show I resisted for a long time. There was so much hype about it, and I'm not a hype guy. I was just like, whatever. And I thought it was like a Western or something. I was like, I don't want to see that. Um, and it turns out this, this show is good therapy, especially for leaders. I told Doug Moss the other day, we should get some WWTLD bracelets. What would Ted Lasso do? We would put WWJD on the other side. Don't worry, because we're not heretics and be a little bigger, J- Jesus a little bigger. But Ted Lasso, inspiring leader and really um, helpful for those of us who are in leadership. He inspires me. That show inspires me. You know what else inspires me? And, and this has changed over the course of my life. Uh, when I was younger, I used to feel really inspired by the big, grandiose stories of people who did like, you know, big things on the world stage, had big impact. Um, Abraham Lincoln and Winston Churchill, those kinds of stories, or the, or the uh, Thomas Edison's or Henry Ford's or Walt Disney's or Steve Jobs's of the world. And I'll tell you, those stories still inspire me, along with the, the Angela Merkel's and the Melinda Gates's and the Oprah Winfrey's and the Mother Teresa's of the world. They, those people inspire me by their huge, gargantuan, disproportionate contributions to the world. But uh, lately I've been noticing that I found myself being inspired by something different. And I think maybe this, is, maybe this is a part of the season of life that I'm in. You know, I've been in the same marriage for 21 years. I've been parenting for almost 19 years. I'm pastor for over 17 years. Uh, we've all been living through this COVID thing for 19 months. Who knows when it's gonna be over. And so while I still find myself being inspired by those big contributions, I've been noticing that increasingly I am inspired by small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. And maybe that's what you notice about our stories this year. If you've been to an Inspired Weekend before, it's a little different. Uh, Some of the stories are a little different. Not necessarily big splashy things, but what these are, intentionally so, are stories about small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. Think of Mark and Vicky, who week after week hang that TV out on the pole on their patio. It's pretty impressive how they do all that. And they make a meal, and Vicky, who's not a Sunday school teacher by you know, calling or anything, prepares a lesson for all these kids who just show up in their backyard. And week after week, they do the small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. Because as Mark said, if our families and community aren't strong, then things just don't work that well. And I look at that and I'm inspired. Or gosh, I mean, Lance Smith, 
Um, you know, Easter mornings at sunrise service, I, I always know that Lance Smith, Don Schmidt, a couple of awesome servants around here are going to be there helping me pass out things. No one else is there. It's cold. It's Easter morning. People are sleeping and there they are. But Lance Smith, I just love how nonchalant he is. Like, yeah, someone asked me to volunteer as an usher and I've been doing it for 28 years. Then I went down to children's ministry and I saw that they needed help. So I sat down on the carpet and I've been sitting on that carpet with three-year-olds for 25 years. That guy's now a legend. He's not just Lance Smith. He's Mr. Lance, if you've had a kid who went through children's ministry. And I know my kids, my kids love him. I, I love how nonchalant he is, about 20 truckloads of honeysuckle that he just uh, chooses to, to serve someone he doesn't even know. Small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. What a difference that makes. Or I think about TJ and Brooke uh, Bear and just saying, hey, we're trying out a new church and I'm just going to sit and let the Lord fill me for a little while, but it's not long before he goes, I've got a gift to use and we've got to get plugged in and we're going to take steps and, and we're going to start serving small acts of faithfulness repeated over a lifespan. I think about all of our students and those who are you know, growing in the faith and all the energy we saw, but I also think behind the scenes of all of the mentors and the leaders who serve them. I think of John and Pooh, our student ministry leaders. I think of Annalise, people who pour into those students day after day, week after week. Small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. Are you getting the picture? It's nice when people do the big splashy stuff and, and that gets a lot of attention, but so often, what makes a big difference in our world, what makes this world livable are those who set about doing small acts of faithfulness repeated over time, over and over and over again. Friedrich Nietzsche, German philosopher, he once said that very thing. Uh, he said, the essential thing in heaven and earth uh, it is apparent, he said, to repeat it once more, and he's kind of begrudging this reality, I think. He doesn't like the conclusion. He says that there should be long obedience in the same direction. There thereby results and has always resulted in the long run something which has made life worth living. Now, maybe it's hard to follow what philosophers speak, but the basic thing he's saying is, is you know, what, what makes the world a better place is not those who make big, splashy contributions it's often found in the long obedience in the same direction. He goes on to say all great music and works of art, works of reason or virtue or spirituality are not a result of throwing off all restraint and, and you know, thinking of the next greatest thing. They, they are people who have been obedient to a single direction and they have walked faithfully. Small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. And I don't know about you, but it feels to me that increasingly we don't know how to do this very well. In a world that's always looking for its five minutes of fame, chasing after the next big thing, trying to ride the next wave of popularity or, or renown or success, it seems to me we don't know how to do this thing very well. I mean, careers, they used to span lifetimes. My grandparents, you know, working in the same kind of career their whole lives, and, and yet we changed jobs, not just jobs, but careers several times over the course of our lives. Or now that we're living longer, people have started to call into question things that were just a part of the bedrock of society, right? People say, you know what, it was easy, maybe easier, <laughs> it was never easy, to stand up in front of an altar and say to another person, I promise to love, honor, and cherish you until death parts us. That was easier to do when we only lived until we were like 30 or 40 or 50. Now that we're living into our 80s plus, come on, this doesn't seem very realistic anymore. 
to love someone for that long, does it? And you think about the world that we live in, all of the options that we have in front of us, it seems like a strange martyrdom, a masochism to restrain ourselves from partaking in all of the things the world has to offer us. It seems insane that any of us would willingly set out on a long obedience in the same direction. But I want you to notice what uh, Nietzsche says is at stake in all of this. He says, hey, if, if you fail to do this, what's at stake truly is a life worth living. Now, uh, maybe you're not a fan of Friedrich Nietzsche. After all, uh, he's most famously known as a guy who said, does anyone know his most famous quote? Yeah, God is dead, right? So you're like, I mean, who cares what that guy said? We've got issues with him, maybe. Um, I wanna show you what Jesus himself said. Long before Nietzsche ever was, Jesus said these words from one of my favorite places in all of scripture. And I don't know if it's because I like going to wine country or what, uh, but it's this whole winery metaphor, John chapter 15. And I love this so much, I realized I shared it three years ago on Inspired Weekend. None of you probably remember that, but I do. Um, John chapter 15, here's what Jesus says. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, here's the promise, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So what does Jesus say that the magic, the secret of living is? Remain in me and I in you, remain. Now again, I, I think we assume that remaining is easy work, that remaining is passive, that remaining is just, you just sit in a chair, you don't do anything, that remaining is not a, a way to, to live a life, you know, seize the day, don't just remain, and yet you know that sometimes in life, staying put is the hardest thing in the world to do, am I right? Sometimes there's nothing harder than staying put. There, there's this voice inside of us when we are in pain, when thing gets, things get uncomfortable, when we are bored or understimulated, there is this voice inside of us that says, run, get out of here. And to be sure, sometimes in life you need to listen to that voice. That voice will keep you alive, it'll keep you safe. Sometimes you need to listen to that voice, but sometimes, and more often than not, I think we need to learn how to override that voice that is telling us, get out of here, telling us to run. And instead we need to do this otherworldly thing. We need to learn to do what Jesus tells us to do. We need to learn how not to run, but to remain. How to remain in a marriage that's okay, but you want more than okay and you don't know what to do and the grass seems greener. Or maybe in a job when you're in a labor market like we are now, everybody's hiring. I mean, if you wanna find a job and get a big bonus just for showing up on your first day of work, here's the day, so, so why not, right? It's so easy to run when you discover that the church you've been going to who says we're imperfect people in pursuit of a whole life, they mean it, especially the imperfect people part. When you realize that's not just language, that's actually true, that the people around you are imperfect, the leaders up front are imperfect, it's easy to go, run, get out of here, find something better. It's hard to remain, isn't it? And in a world where, where man, it's, people are losing their mind, it's, it's hard to remain true to your deepest core values, to remain 
a person of kindness and gentleness when harshness seems to win the day. It's, it's hard to be faithful when everyone around you is giving up, isn't it? And yet what hangs in the balance if we choose not to remain? Remaining is not easy, but if we can't learn to remain, if we run every time things get hard or life gets boring or we're looking for the next best, best thing, what hangs in the balance is a life, a world worth living in, truly. And according to Jesus, what hangs in the balance is our own fruitfulness. Uh, by the way, probably let enough time going on, go on here. You're probably wondering what, what this is all about. Um, this is my friend Erin, and she is right now engaging in something that is a lost art. She is knitting. Um, anyone, knit, any knitters here? A couple of you? Yeah, I think this proves the point. This is a lost art. I'm seeing about one and maybe a half hands being raised right now. This is a, this is a lost art, knitting. And knitting is, is actually pretty simple. It's, it's making loops, certain kinds of loops, I'll give you that, but you make loops. And loop after loop after loop after loop after loop, and after about 10 years of making loops, you get a sweater. <laughs> Which is why I think uh, knitting is something that we don't do very often, right? Uh, it's not because you can't figure out how to make the loops. You can figure out how to do anything with YouTube. Amen? I'm, I'm like approach things in my house that I would never try to fix things and I've survived all of them. So I mean, you can figure out how to knit. It's not like it's too hard for us to figure out. I, I think the problem for us is it just takes too long. Even the small things. Aaron, what are you working on here? Star-shaped dishcloth, all right. So uh, it looks like you're making good headway. Are you about half done? Uh, over half. A little over half, yeah, all right. And so how long, how long does it take you to make one of those? Probably 45. Probably about 45 minutes. You're fast with your hands, but 45 minutes to be able to do the dishes. That doesn't sound fun to me, but um, yeah, yeah. They're awesome. Now, um, do you see, I, I think what keeps us from this is loop after loop after loop after loop. It's hard to see you're getting somewhere but a long obedience in the same direction. Learning how to remain, you actually create something. Now, a part of the reason I have Erin up here is because I know she's a knitter. The other part of the reason I have Erin up here is because Erin um, is on our staff here. She's been a teacher in our school, St. John's School, um, for 20 years. 20 exactly? Yeah. Uh, not, not only that, but she's been a teacher to first graders for that long. Uh, and you think about that, school year after school year, day after day, it must be like Groundhog's Day for you sometimes. You're like waking up and you're on repeat over and over again and just when you kind of grow the kids up and they're starting to be a little more functional, you're like, see you later, and then you go start all over again. 20 years of loop after loop. No wonder you like to knit, right? <laughs> loop after loop after loop after loop. A long obedience in the same direction. And the result is that this is not just Aaron Winter, this is Miss Winter. She's a legend around our school. And even my kids who didn't have her know and love Miss Winter. And it's interesting to me that although there aren't a lot of people who will stay put somewhere for, for over 20 years, that's when you really start to see a contribution that makes the world a better place. See, I wanna ask you today, what good thing has ever come into your life apart from remaining? Thank you again, uh, Miss Winter, for all that you do for our kids. What good thing has come into your life apart from learning how to remain? 
And even if something good came into your life serendipitously, we know this from people who win the lottery, all of a sudden they have a bunch of money and then like a year later they don't have any money, right? Because they didn't figure, they don't know how to do the thing. They don't know how to do the long obedience in the same direction thing. What good thing, even if God blessed you with a good thing, what good thing has remained in your life, stayed in your life apart from you learning how to abide, how to, how to remain? See, today I just want to encourage you and I want to challenge you to think about life a little bit differently. I wanna challenge you and encourage you to instead of looking at the difficult situations, the tedium of life as an invitation to escape, I wanna encourage you instead to remain. I talk this way with my kids. My kids all, um, as I said, grew up here in this church. They grew up going to St. John's School. Um, they all know Miss Winter and love her. Um, and my kids loved their, their time here at St. John's School, but there was this moment for all of them when they got to middle school where they started begging Jocelyn and I, can we just go to another school? And it wasn't that anything was wrong with middle school here. Just middle school is tough for everybody. But what was really wrong was Corbin started here when he was 18 months old. Aria when she was three years old. They have known some of the same kids their whole lives. These kids that they grow up with become uh, some of them like, like family. And, and you know how family relationships go, right? There's a blessing and there's a curse to that. And so they would say, you know what? We love St. John. We're just ready for something bigger. We'd love to make new friends. Will you please let us go somewhere else? And I would say, no, no, you're not going somewhere else. And they'd say, why? And I'd say, because, and they would say, you just don't want, you're just mean, and you know what, Dad? You just like to torture your kids, and you just want us to be miserable, don't you? And I would say, exactly, you're right. It's exactly what I want. You guys are difficult, and this is my chance to get back at you, no. Um, they're a little dramatic. I don't know where they get it from, but. Um, <laughs> I would actually say to them, I'd say, no, 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 you're not gonna go to another school, because there's no school that does what St. John's School does, whole person growth, faith integration, it's an amazing school. But I, but I would say this, I would say, you know what, the reason you're not gonna go anywhere else is because there's gonna come a moment in your life where you're in a marriage and you are miserable. Or you're in a job that you cannot stand but you need it. Or you're looking at the time as a parent that you have before you're in the you know, promised land of empty nester time and, and you're going, I don't know that I can keep doing this thing over and over and over and over and over again, right? Parenting, the days are long but the years are short and those days can feel so long and you know you have to get up and you gotta do it all over again. And I tell my kids this, I say, you know what? You're gonna come to those moments in life and the stakes are gonna be so much higher for you. And I want you to know right now that you can endure, you can do hard things. I want you to know the discipline of staying put, not only so that you know you have what it takes on those days you wake up and you go, I'm done with this marriage, I'm done with being a parent, I'm done with this job. You know that you have what it takes to remain. Not only that, but, but because I also want you to see how God will grow you as you learn to remain and how God will produce good fruit in your life and in the world around you. And I'm proud of that speech and they've all heard it and then they all roll their eyes and they go, whatever, dad, you just like to torture your kids. Until later on in high school, they start to look back and they go, you know, some of those years were tough, but we're glad you, you made us stay. Right, what good thing has come into your life apart from learning how to remain? 
And so uh, today I, I want to um, just go back to where I started. You know what inspires me? Small acts of faithfulness repeated over time. By the way, that doesn't mean you can never leave anything. Sometimes God calls you to leave. You should do that slowly, deliberately, prayerfully in the counsel of other people. There are moments in life where that needs to happen. Jesus even talks about those moments. But, but I think remaining for us has become underrated. And so today I want you to think about one part of your life where you are tempted to run because it's gotten too painful, it's gotten too tedious. I want you to think of one place in your life where you're tempted to run and I wanna challenge you, I want you to think about remaining instead. And I know it's not easy, but here's why it matters. Because Jesus says in John 15 that if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. See, see when you learn to remain, First and foremost in Jesus, and I don't know where you are in faith, but sometimes in my faith life, it's easy to remain, it's easy to be a person of faith, it's easy to pray, it's easy to come to church, I feel alive and connected in my relationship with God, and sometimes it is work. I do not wanna look at my Bible in the morning, I do not wanna pray, it's just, so I don't know where you are, but Jesus says first and foremost, remain in me, because I'm always gonna remain in you, And, and what do we see as we remain in Jesus? We see that Jesus is the epitome of one who chose to remain, not run. Jesus came to live life here, to show us the ways of God, to live an integrated life, to advance the kingdom of God, and and we abused him, we mistreated him, we doubted him, we betrayed him, we crucified him, and he chose in all of those things not to run, instead he remained, he stayed true to the very end, and the result is, of him choosing to remain, is that now we have a peace offering. When we feel unlovable, when we wonder if God's mad at us, we look at the cross of Jesus and we say, no, he's our peace offering. We've been reconciled with God. What that means for us is that we cannot scare God off. Some of you need to hear this today. That the mess you make of life, the mistakes that you've made in life, they will not scare God off. You may scare off other people, but you cannot scare God off. He is a God who does not run away. He is not easily frightened by you. Instead, he's a God who chooses to remain. And that's what we see when we look at Jesus. He's a God who remains, he's always with us, and he's fighting our battles with us. He's right there by our side. He is relentless, he is singing songs of deliverance over us, songs of hope. He's carrying us in the faith when we can't carry ourselves. He is a God who will not quit on you ever. See, when you remain in Jesus, you're you're, you're learning about this God who is not a God who runs, but he remains and you're seeing the difference that makes in your own life. And so first and foremost, I wanna encourage you today to remain in Jesus, but right after that, I wanna encourage you to find one other place of pain in your life where you're just like, I I can't do this anymore. And I want you to lean on Jesus and invite him in. And I want you to ask for the strength and the courage not to run, but to remain, because what hangs in the balance for you is a life in a world worth living in. And not only that, small act of faithfulness repeated over time, a long obedience in the same direction, that is how you actually live a life that's fruitful. Let me pray, God in heaven, make us fruitful. And Lord, I pray that you would recalibrate our expectations, that we're not people who go around looking for our big break. The one thing we're gonna do that's gonna put us over the top and let us leave a mark on the world. Instead, 
Lord, reorient our eyes, our thinking, our planning, away from the grandiose things, Lord. Give us a vision for the small things, the small acts of faithfulness we can do today and then get up and do again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And Lord, begin to build in us a sense, a hope, a trust in your promise that if we remain in you and we remain in the things that you call us to, you will bear fruit, fruit that will last. Lord, I want a fruitful life. I want, I want when it's all said and done, I, I want there to be some small contribution my life has made. And so Lord, when, when I'm thinking about the big things, take my eyes off the big things, and Lord, instead, give me a desire to walk a long obedience in the same direction so that the world I leave behind is better, so that my life is filled with fruit. Lord, so that... Um, so that I know the, the joy of simply belonging to you and being yours. Lord, do this in all of us, I pray in Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Pathfinder Church Message Podcast. If you would like to hear more messages like this, hit the subscribe button. You can also find more resources at our website, pathfinderstl.org.